Those Two Jerks is brought to you in part by Maverick Group, Maverick Group Experiential Technology. Need some nerds? Let's build something awesome together. Maverick. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Those Two Jerks, episode 133. I am your host, the Tom Alexander. Joining me as always is the Sussman, Rick Sussman. Hi, Rick. Hi, Tom. I just got back from St. Augustine, and boy, is my pollen count tired. No. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That we'll get to that later. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm I'm still vertical. <laughs> what? Uh, vertical, like adjacent? Vertical is a state of being, not a height. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, is a square vertical? Like... It has like a cube. Obviously, has a height I'm dimension. I'm not a cube. What is that? What is that I'm all just, about? Maybe, maybe you're as wide as you're tall. Really? Really? <laughs> no. No. I was gonna say. No. No. You're you're more like a hexagon. Was, Would you this, prefer quadrangle? Is this what you assholes talk about before I get there when we tape? Is this what happens? What? Are you, what, what are you talking about? It's just me. Oh, you're talking about me and all of my personalities. Well, well, that's just I mean, mean, Tom. That's part of it, yeah. <laughs> that is part I, of it. I, I just, I, I imagine, I imagine it's the start of the show. It's a Hans and Franz episode before I get there. Like, <laughs> no, it's a floppy no. girly man. He doesn't do jujitsu. <laughs> he doesn't like to have the balls flapping in his face. Oh, that rarely happens. And Tom. smells his sweat and have it on his body. Okay, that happens a lot. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Look, it's the start of the show. I'm just trying to trying to you know kickstart this engine. All right, you know, like uh-huh. you, you get on a yeah. motorcycle that you haven't been on in three weeks. Uh-huh. You gotta you know make sure it still turns over. All right. Yeah, yeah. Kickstart something. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, no, because you're not known for your low hanging fruit at all. <laughs> hey, the the fruits they start to hang lower the older you get. Okay, that's not. <laughs> didn't even think of that see you're no better than me you're no better better. you like you like everyone who listens to our show to believe that you're like you know the intellectual of the group and that and that i'm the moron and chris is like some sort of uh exercise neanderthal but you you are so highfalutin you are not highfalutin sir hey we all have a role to play in this little theater (laughs) of the mind okay And you're you're Captain Intellectual. I'm what passes for it around these parts. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's like being the big toe. There's it's, always one. It's like it's like being Luke Wilson's character in Idiocracy. Oh, oh, come on, man. Not sure, President. Not sure. <laughs> At least they listen to the smart guys in that movie. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. It is the evening of Sunday, March 18th, 2018, as we record this. And Rick, we have we have some stuff to get to. We're in the middle oh. of the we're in the middle of the March Madness and the new NFL league year has started and and we have baseball spring training is winding down and, uh, <laughs> and then beginning the first three months of completely unnecessary play. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? Those are the three months where the Mets are usually in first place. Like I said, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. The the meaningfully meaningless games 
will begin in a couple of weeks here. I just want a team to go undefeated just to prove what like, uh, 162 and 0 oh, to God. validate the importance of the first. Like realistically, <laughs> baseball doesn't begin until what? Uh, July, Ju- July, July, June, June, July, June, the all star, the all star break. Yeah. The so... break. If you're if you're in it at the all star break, you got a shot. <laughs> so stupid. With 80 with 81 games to go. Well, we have a whole season yet to play, boys. Yeah. You know what would be good after this? A third season. Yes. Yes. <laughs> let's have let's have six months of baseball and a month of playoffs. <laughs> no one will be burned out by this in 20 no, years. No. Certainly not in 50. No and one's arm will fall off 80. at Christmas. What's that? No one's arm will fall off at Christmas. Well, before we get into um, the comedy of errors that is the Major League Baseball, we probably should talk about the comedy of errors that is the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I don't know if it's a comedy of errors. They're they're they got the prize. They reeled in the big fish. Oh this boy! Week. The NFL free agency began, and in case you don't watch Sports Center or don't care about football, and if you are one of either of those people, you probably aren't even listening right now. <laughs> Which puts you in the majority, actually. Oh, uh, Tom. Uh, Self-deprecating. And true. Also, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, NFL free agency began, and the prized free agent, the big fish in the pond, was quarterback Kirk Cousins leaving Washington. Uh, lots of speculation and rumors about where he would go. Would he go to the Denver Broncos to work with John Elway and, that, and also have that defense? Would he go to Arizona? And replace Carson Palmer? Would he go for the bright lights in big city of New York and play for the also-ran Jets? <laughs> <laughs> or would there be... Would he, would he choose instead to go to the bustling metropolis that is Minneapolis-St. Paul and strap on the purple and gold and white of the Minnesota Vikings? And Rick, what did he do? He decided to take most of the um, gross uh, national product of Minnesota in his pocket and go play for the Vikings. That is correct, sir. He signed a three-year deal with the Vikings worth a guaranteed $84 million. Um, Yes, yes, guaranteed money for a football team that in the last two years has had one quarterback's knee just sort of fall off another quarterback's knee be declared uh, essentially clinically dead and one guy have a pretty good year. So those, <laughs> th- those are really good track records to be doling out a hundred million dollars in guaranteed money. Right, Tom? Well, it's, it's actually interesting because I don't know if anyone's had that much guaranteed money in that short of a time. Um, and also this will enable Kirk cousins to once again, hit free agency in the middle of what is generally a prime for a quarterback. Because uh, he's 20... his, his very early 30s, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, he's 29 right now. Uh, so three years in Minnesota, he'll be 32. So he, he'll still be, if he continues to play the level he's been playing, a viable quarterback in his prime. He could get another big, fat contract, whether it's for Minnesota or someone else after these three years are up. Um, $84 million guaranteed over three years for being the only good quarterback on the market i I just feel like they could have spent that money better maybe they could have but they were a game away from the super bowl last year 
with Case Keenum at quarterback. Yeah. So if you think yeah. about if you think about that, I mean, they uh, did they re-sign Jarek McKinnon at running back? I mean, they're gonna have a healthy Dalvin Cook this year. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the what the running back situation is as yet. Yeah, Dalvin but... Cook will be back from his knee injury. They didn't really but will lose he be anything. Dalvin Cook. Well, that's know. the thing. I mean, we don't we don't know for sure, but it wasn't like he had a catastrophic knee injury. He tore a ligament, and guys come back from those all the time. It's not like he it's not like he Dante well, Culpeppered it. Here's the thing, though. Like honestly, I can't believe we live in a time now, you and I, where a guy tears his ACL is out for the year, and everyone goes, "Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be back next year." I remember not that way not very long ago, you tore your ACL. That was a career threatener. Yeah, you're talking about almost 20 years, though. That's not that long. Tom, Tom that's not that long ago. I was, I was 15. Tom, come on. It's <laughs> not that long ago. It's pretty long ago. No. <laughs> pretty long ago. It's a, yeah. whole, it's a whole Tom Brady career ago. And then <laughs> some. Huh. And then well, some. Well, but, okay. Before we, you know, continue on my tragedy here. Um, so yeah, Dalvin Cook's coming back and yes, I agree. They were potentially one game away, maybe better quarterback play away, maybe not better quarterback play away. Who knows? Maybe better play calling. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I love to pretend that I know what, you know, gets the job done, but I, I don't, um, I just look at 84 million guaranteed over three years and think to myself, that just seems gargantuan it is it's 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 almost 30 million a year right again all guaranteed which doesn't happen in the nfl generally you have a signing bonus that's guaranteed that's spread out over the course of it and then you have a salary that's not guaranteed so if you get cut early the team doesn't have to pay that um but right. it all counts or if against you blow the salary your knee out or right yeah well no you, if you, you get they have insurance for that but but if you get cut they don't have to pay it that's how it kind of works but yeah, this is, well, they got they're on the hook for all of this, whether he's yeah. there all three years or not. So um, that's a, quite an investment. That is quite okay, an investment. Tom. And then to boot, they let their starting center leave for Tampa Bay. So well, so on top of that, I was going to ask you before you get on to to that uh, part of this, and then there's a little bit more. Yeah, there is. I'm asking I'm asking you, Tom, as a football fan, but not a Vikings fan. Yeah. Use your, your critical thinking here because I have none in this situation and freely admit it. Okay. Well, there's, do you think this is a good deal? If they win, it is. That's how all these deals are. If you get a super no. bowl out of it, it's a deal. It's a good deal. Like, cause if you think about it, all right, they're going to pay Kirk cousins, $30 million this year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If they win the super bowl, that's totally worth it. Most teams would die to pay $30 million for a ring because of all of the stuff that that brings with it. If they True. don't, if he does not bring them at least to a Super Bowl in those three years, then no, it's a bad deal. Um, I think they had to do what they had to do. This was, there were, I don't want to say more attractive situations because they were probably the best team on paper that was in need of a quarterback. But... They're not in the biggest market that was in need of a quarterback. They're not, it's not like when you're the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, you're suddenly getting all sorts of endorsement deals and, and you're a celebrity. 
Um, you know, that's that's reserved for, you know, the quarterback of, say, the Niners, the Giants, the Patriots, uh, you know. Maybe perhaps even the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense. Yes. If you know when the when they're good. Yeah. Um, so. So perhaps that was what they had to do. Perhaps they had to back up this truck to get him to Minnesota. Maybe it was a matter of that because there was talk. Wasn't there talk in January that he had already agreed to go to Denver? Well, yes, and it's just really funny who did end up going to Denver. That is true. The Denver Broncos signed Case Keenum from the Vikings. So Case Keenum's going to be their starting quarterback. Which is just kind of funny on, in a way. <laughs> well, yeah, considering it looked like that was where Cousins was going to go, and, and then that would have left Minnesota to probably re-sign Keenum. Uh, but instead, it panned out the opposite way. But I mean, if you look at it once and, and as we thought, as everyone suspected, once Cousins decided where to go, all the other quarterback dominoes fell. Uh, right. You know, you've got Teddy Bridgewater is now with the Jets, leaving the Vikings for the Jets. He'll compete for the starting job with Josh McCown and whoever they draft because they just traded. <laughs> they traded up to get the was it the third pick? overall yes, yesterday yeah, I just so saw that. yes yeah yes. so obviously they're going to take a quarterback uh the vikings they got keenum but they have the fifth pick and paxton lynch is probably not their quarterback of the future and keenum is 30 years old so there's a possibility that they take a quarterback high uh then you have sam bradford uh and mike glennon both going to the arizona cardinals uh where they'll i guess compete to see who's going to be the starter there, or at least whose knee will last the longest. Yeah, I can't believe anyone signed Bradford. I just I, well, they that... they didn't give him a ton of money, you know, and that's the thing. You you take a flyer on a guy like that because when he plays, he's solid. So if you don't have to pay him massive starter money, then it's worth it. I I guess to me it just seems like a really it's a risky like a, move. It's a risky. You're move. hunkering for you're 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 fixing for a disaster. <laughs> yeah, considering he's had only one full healthy season his whole career. Uh, and and why yeah. am I the only one who still recognizes that the guy hasn't had his knee rescoped? Like, <laughs> you remember how I was talking about that? How like they don't know if it's damaged knee, they'll never find out. Now they have no idea yeah. going forward. Yeah. Nobody seems to care about that, but no. I'm interested to see how Teddy does more than anything. I think he, you know, I yeah, think I mean, he never got be his first real shot really since his rookie year. Yeah. Well, he, and he looked great until he didn't. Yeah. But I mean, he, he got didn't hurt look great because of injury, not yeah. because of anything else. Yeah. He got hurt in practice and he was out for basically two seasons. Yeah. So, um, he's a buy low, potentially big reward pickup. Uh, for the Jets, you know, he may solve their quarterback issue. He's young enough where even if they draft somebody high, which it looks like they're going to do, uh, they may not need that guy. You know, if Teddy plays well, I mean, this, this was, this guy was a, what a top 10 pick in the draft. No, no. Teddy was, Teddy was the very oh. last pick of the uh, first oh, round. Okay. So he was a first round draft pick though. This guy yes. was a first round pick uh, going into the draft that year. There were a lot of people that had him on the board as the number one quarterback. So, there's no reason to think that he isn't capable of playing at a high level. He's clearly capable of it. Whether right. that will happen, we don't know. Um, but, you know, we had, and then, of course, a couple of months ago, you had Alex Smith traded to the Redskins from the Chiefs. Uh, 
Who else? Let's see. Drew Brees re-signed with the Saints for a big fat deal. And apparently the Saints had to give him a ton of money because another team stepped in and was trying to steal Drew Brees away from New Orleans. If you can believe it. 39-year-old Drew Brees was a very in-demand commodity as a free agent quarterback for about five minutes. (laughs) For about five minutes, there was was an inkling that he may leave New Orleans. Um, And he played really well last year. Like, so sure. it's clear he can still do it. If if Brady can go to a Super Bowl at 41, there's no reason Breeze can't play two more years also. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's been a really interesting week in the NFL. Yeah. And as you, you know, it's because the dinner bell rang and everyone came and got their, uh, you know, whomevers. And yeah. I, I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Well, I had, oh, AJ McCarron went to Buffalo as well because Buffalo had traded Tyrod Taylor to the Browns. And so here I had thought a lot that, of movement. that Buffalo didn't have a team anymore. Oh, they do. They made the playoffs last year. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> oh, and one last thing, and we'll move on. I'm very interested to see that the Browns are trying to have a team. They've made a for them. ton of moves. This new GM has really been wheeling and dealing and has not so quietly been bringing in a fair amount of talent uh, yeah. to to join with their high draft picks this year. They have the first overall pick and the fourth overall pick. Uh, so, you know, they're and they will likely take a QB with one of those picks. The Jets moving up means they'll probably have to take a QB at, at one instead of four if they, you know, want one of those top guys. But, uh, yeah, the Browns are trying. They are certainly Which is trying. weird. It's it weird. is weird. It's unusual. It's been about a decade since that happened. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know how the people in Cleveland are going to deal with that, but uh, but they are trying. They are trying. Uh, <laughs> and good on them. <laughs> <laughs> good for them. That's right. Good way to go, fellas. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> nice job. But yeah, we had a lot of movement. So, all right. So, Rick, obviously, as a Vikings fan, you balk at the price tag for Kirk Cousins. But aren't Very you much, at yeah. least a, the little, a little bit excited that your guys got the big, the biggest <sighs> prize of the free agent market this year? Well, okay. So, the the Vikings fan in me is already, you know, the season's over. This guy's gonna blow his knee out, and we're all doomed. No, um, that's the, know- that's the Rick in you. <laughs> Six of one, um, but <laughs> I I can't help but recognize honestly that this is pretty big. I just don't know if it's worth the money because and only because what we just were talking about, where you know, if he blows his knee out, it doesn't matter. They still owe him that money. So I'm more concerned about the future, and also it's a three year deal. Now again. I'm singing an incredibly different tune if this time next year I'm still basking in the glow of the first Vikings World Championship. So I recognize that reality, and I can't deny it, but also I I have concerns that I don't believe are being met. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, anytime your team gives a guy that much money, uh, there's a concern because it's you're putting so many eggs in that basket. I remember... Uh, when the Yankees picked up Jason Giambi many years ago now, and everybody was yes. like, man, we got Giambi. He's the reigning MVP. Like, we got Giambi. And I'm like, yeah, I sure hope he doesn't blow out his ACL sw- over swinging in his first at bat of, of April. 
That's very oddly specific, Tom. <laughs> well, because because it was like that was how I felt. It was just kind of like, yeah, you're you're gonna pay this guy like 150 million dollars, and what happens if? You know, that always is in the back of your mind, and in football, it should be more so because the risk of injury is much higher. Um, but that being said, like, I mean, this is the first time in how many years that the Vikings have had an unquestioned the guy at quarterback since what since Brett Favre was there and even then that was a very old Brett Favre yeah the um, first year Brett Favre was there though it was kind of I mean the whole time he was there he was the unquestioned starter but the first year it was like oh yeah we're getting Brett Favre you know and I mean uh, he, it, but after that I think yes. I think it may have been since um Cunningham maybe yeah, but that's the thing. Well, even Randall Cunningham was only the starter a couple of years. Then he got replaced by Brad Johnson and then Jeff George, and then they drafted Culpepper. Yeah. So maybe yeah, we, since we don't Culpepper, talk about those dark times. So maybe since Culpepper was there, Culpepper was the unquestioned starter for his entire time there. Uh, that's that. Maybe that. You know. <sighs> I mean, it's this is this is a franchise quarterback. You I don't have, know what that you have means. have a franchise quarterback. Yeah, because in <laughs> Minnesota, they really haven't had like a true franchise quarterback since Fran Tarkenton. So, Which I actually about... wasn't alive for, for those Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Shockingly, Rick was not alive for that. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> Very sweet of you, Tom. I try. Is there anything else going on in sports that we should um, talk well, about? Well, we, that... we should talk about, too, uh, one quarterback who is conspicuously still unemployed. Oh, right. And he's still training. He still wants to be employed. And that is uh, not Johnny Manziel and not RG3, although those guys also still conspicuously unemployed. Um, I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick, who's, a pro who's proven he can be a starter, who's played in a Super Bowl. Uh, of course, still unsigned. I wonder why. I can't imagine. I can't imagine <laughs> did you what see, it would be. Did you see the shirt that he wore to the uh, collusion meeting that he was invited to? <laughs> no, I didn't. It just said Kunte Quinte on it. Oh, God. <laughs> like, like, all props in the world to this guy for standing up for what he believes in. But really, you want to shoot yourself in the foot that much more about getting a job, pal? I, I don't think he cares. I, I think really he's don't there to either. prove a point. I, no. I, I think you're correct. I think he's working out just in case, but it's kind of like, yeah, the longer I'm unemployed, the more this proves my point. Exactly. I, I truly believe that in that he's just like, here I am, fellas. Does anyone want to take a pass on a uh, flyer on me or no, yeah. we're not doing that. Okay. Well, anyway. Yep. I'm just going to go back to throwing and donating money and being the poster child. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and of course, free agency has just started. So, uh, if if your team made very few, if any, significant signings, <coughs> Tampa Bay, um, <laughs> um, there's still time. There aren't people left, but there's time. <laughs> they can go get some refrigerators, dude. I, like they 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 whiffed. They even didn't even make a play for almost any pass rusher that went on the market. Like that, that pass rush is was terrible. They were last in the league in sacks. And what did they do? They signed like three guys who were on the bench on other teams. Okay. I'm going to explain what happened here, Tom. They're you, the Bucks. You, you, well, I mean, that is kind of yes. But what really happened is Dirk Cutter, his job is on the line. Okay. <laughs> yes. So when your job is on the line, when you're worried about getting fired, do you start making lots of noise in the office 
or do you find a desk to hide behind and just... <laughs> I suppose that's one way to look at it. <laughs> so he's just sitting back there going, you know, as long as nobody sees me back here, I can... Yeah. I can I can eat this whole sandwich. Just no one's gonna no one's gonna yell at me. Yeah. See, and the that's... problem is is his performance is on national television every single week. <laughs> right, so that's right, only right. gonna work for so long. As long as he, you know, what what is the number one goal in Major League Baseball? Yeah, time? I know. Just stay open for Dirk Cutter. And just keep your job. Just just hang tight. Just just <laughs> make you know hold. You know, just keep the line. Keep the line. I mean, I you know, I like the fact that they managed to uh to sign Ryan Jensen, who was the Vikings center last year. That yes. was that's a good move. They they need to beef up that O line because it was awful and their running attack was terrible to boot. Because partially because of that. Um, but damn, if they didn't I mean, they literally they missed on everybody. No everybody. need for you know, no need for new running backs, no, no need for well, new wide receivers. Peyton Barber because nobody wanted him before last season and He's now our starter somehow. Uh, hey man, looking I mean, good. They might draft. A, maybe they'll draft a running back. Uh, maybe probably. Uh, <laughs> there's, but there aren't even that many good pass rushers in the draft. That's the thing. It was like this was the year. Like, go trade for Michael Bennett. Clearly, he was available. No, let's just let the Eagles take him because they certainly need help. The bitterness is it's it's delicious. Well, I'm Michael, just letting you know. I'm especially bitter over Michael Bennett because the Bucks had him and let him walk in free agency to the Seahawks for no good reason. They knew what they had and they still let him go because Greg Schiano is an idiot. Well, I mean, you know, if you're gonna hire certain people, right? Uh, <laughs> so, so angry. I love it. Yeah, I am. Team hasn't had my team's been terrible for a decade. Hey, hey, you got you you got that you got that W where you need when you needed it. So you know, just keep playing on yeah, that. We got that one ring, that one ring that John Gruden's going to be eating out on for so long. He's not only is he eating out on that ring, he's also you know uh, getting a new job. Ah, <laughs> yeah, he got on. a new job after football. ten years. I don't want to talk about football anymore. It's now making my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll move on then something else that's making my head hurt and that's March Madness. The NCAA tournament is on the way and I uh is underway, I should say. And uh uh how's your bracket doing, Rick? I don't have a bracket, Tom. You didn't fill one out? No, I filled one out, but I don't have one anymore. <laughs> did you did you have Virginia winning at all? Nope. Did have them in the championship game though. <laughs> uh well, I'm in I'm in uh not much better of a situation as I had North Carolina in the championship game. <laughs> and uh, they just lost to Texas A&M by 20 points. That's all right. I had Texas A&M losing in the opening round. I, I This was without question. Now, obviously, the biggest news, of course, is a number one seed finally lost to a number 16 Correct. seed. Yes. You know, we'll talk about Maryland, that more Baltimore County upset Virginia in the first round. But this has been the most unpredictable tournament ever without that. You know, has it, though? I feel like we say that every year. I feel no, like we, we say that every we, year because every year, maybe one or two teams bubble up and get to the, the elite eight or the sweet 16. And they shouldn't have one of those teams getting to the sweet 16, by the way, that shouldn't have is Syracuse. What the hell is going <laughs> on there? Well, I don't know. they managed to keep Michigan state to only 55 points. Granted, yeah, they only scored 58 themselves. 
But, as long as you score more than the other team, well, that's all that matters. Thing. Last time I was check. watching, I was watching the beginning of that game because I had Michigan State. Uh, I had Michigan so did State I. in the. So did I. I had Michigan State in the Elite Eight. I think. Doesn't uh, matter. No, I, yeah. um, <laughs> that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But uh, the stats, they the stats were hysterical. They were like, yeah, uh, Syracuse in assists per game and points per game and points allowed. They are 225th in the nation <laughs> out of 251 teams that play Division One college basketball. And I'm like, how did they get into the tournament? Well, and, they got and into as the, an 11 seed, they got into the tournament based like you know it's it, what's the the best the, one of the best memes so far of 2018 is uh popular vote versus electoral yeah, college. That's meme. exactly how they got in. That is literally how they got in. But to their credit, they're a Sweet 16 team now. So, okay, maybe maybe they deserve but to like, be there. This is why they have tournaments. They're averaging like 68 points a game. But that's, I guess, how they win. They manage to keep the other teams. They manage to bring everyone down to their level, and it works. <laughs> but but isn't, that, isn't that the point, though, of having tournament events oh, like this isn't, isn't this what's supposed isn't to this happen what's great about having an expanded playoff yeah where where underdogs like umbc can and show that they can hang on the field with a, a program like virginia and by the way uh, i have to say this it, this is not my take this was somebody i was uh, having uh, lunch with uh while I was uh, uh, up in St. Augustine this weekend, somebody had the best line of the weekend, and it wasn't me, and I was a little disappointed, but it's God's honest truth. They were talking about uh, uh, UMBC, about, they're like, yeah, this school has a goddamn comma in its name. <laughs> True. And I, I just thought that was a brilliant take well, about what like, is trans. Well, like Loyola of Chicago has never <laughs> been in the tournament before. They beat Miami in the first round on a buzzer beater. Then they win the second round on a beat Tennessee on a buzzer beater. Like they're in the sweet 16 now. Loyola, Chicago. That's that's an abbreviation, though. Who's got a comma? Tom? <laughs> University of Maryland, Baltimore County. And, and uh, there's actually a UCF component here. Well, that's a the bit. thing. That's what's funny about this is that uh, after uh, UMBC upset Virginia, uh, UCF Athletics tweeted at or tweeted a photo of the football team and said, isn't it wonderful what can happen <laughs> with an expanded playoff? <laughs> or no, what is it? That wasn't what they said. Uh, no, I have, to, I have to look the... it up to get it right now because because it's important. Okay, fine. To me. You, while you're looking that up, you also need to look up the comedy of um, UCF uh, uh, dragging the um, University of Alabama women's oh, basketball oh, I'll, team. Oh, I'll get into that. I'll oh, get into that. gorgeous. I'll get into that. Let's see. Where is it? And while you're looking that up, important to note that uh, UMBC plays ish close to uh, that paper that uh, no, declared they UCF. They're, they're 300 miles away. 200 miles. Close, and a three-hour drive from Prince George County, Virginia, which is the home of the newspaper that first gave UCF a national championship. In, in relation to the distance between the Earth and the Sun, it is practically on top of each other. <laughs> no, it's Remember. <laughs> 
Remember, Tom, it is not important to be right. It is just important to be technically right. It, but you're not even that. I think I'm within. I'm within. I'm within um, no. certain. No. Yes. No. Uh, no. No. It's a, <laughs> no. You're, you're gonna let me have this. I'm not. I'm, I'm really I'm taking not. It. I'm really not. As I scroll Twitter looking for this thing I'm looking for. Oh, here it is. <laughs> UCF tweeted, amazing what happens when an underdog gets a fair shot in an expanded playoff. Congrats on the history, UMBC Athletics. Uh, and then UMBC, to its credit, tweets back, coming from the national champions, this means a lot. <laughs> love it. Love it. Of course, this still makes Alabama fans salty as all hell, including, it- including SEC, and especially SEC fans in general. They're all salty. Right. But instead of doing the smart thing and just letting it go, which apparently is just never going to happen, these jabrones could have just let this go as another one of, you know, <laughs> us being yes. perhaps too energetic or whatever. But no, Alabama fan and Alabama University in general had to, ju- they couldn't just let it die, could they, Tom? No. Well, ESPN didn't help matters by Sports Center tweeting the entire exchange between UCF and UMBC yesterday and saying, UCF won't let it go. Um, so that, problem, of course, Tom. publicized things even further. That's not my problem. <laughs> but yes, so Alabama, who, whose women's basketball team beat UCF today in the women's NIT, decides to uh, tweet, I think it was their athletics director, the tweets, yeah. uh, congratulations, Alabama, on a big win over UCF in the women's NIT. Uh, we're not going to make anything more out of this than it really is by holding a Disney parade, but congratulations. That's a great win anyway. And UCF athletics director, Danny white, who should we just, just end it now and give him the internet. I think he wins he's, the internet. He's so good at the internet and so few people need to, you know, people need to understand what it means to be good at the internet. And he definitely does. He really does. And so he tweets back at Alabama Saying, it's, uh, Tom, if I if I can, sir, please. This is known as a clap back. Just keeping you up to date on the vernacular. Ah, oh, Christ! What? <laughs> Nevada came back from a twenty-two point deficit to upset number two Cincinnati. <laughs> there goes even more of my bracket. <laughs> I love doing this show with live updates. <laughs> You can just hear. I'm just ripping it up now. That's it. It's over. It's over. Over. Anyway, yes. Danny White claps back and says, <laughs> "We hold Disney. We we hold Disney parades. It's our it's our policy to hold parades at Disney when we win a New Year's Day bowl game. We won two of those in the last five years, including this year when we completed the only undefeated season in the country and won the national championship." But if you want to have a parade for a women's NIT win, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he wins. He wins yeah, the internet. That's, that, that is, that is both, that is a, that is petty, but also direct and also accurate. Like all of those things. Yeah. But it starts with petty. Yeah. It starts with petty, which is always fun. That's how Twitter, that's, that's what Twitter is for, is for yes. pettiness. Um, it is petty, but it's also factually correct. 
which again, what do we what do we say most? What did I say not it ten is minutes ago? Most important to be technically right. That is correct. Um, it, yeah, it is all of those things. It's fantastic. Um, I I don't I the, the Alabama fans are still salty as hell over this. Which is funny because they still have five sixths of the national championship. Well, that's the thing. So- that is the that is the thing. Okay, you won the quote unquote legitimate title. Okay, why do you even care? Why do you even care? Because what said? else is there to do? Well, what that's else the is there to do in Tuscaloosa? It's honestly. not. No, it's not that. It is an inferiority complex. It is the fact that they did not win their division, nor did they win their conference. They subconsciously know that this is a flawed system from which they benefit. And they don't want anyone pointing that out. Mm, I don't know. I just think there's nothing else to do in Tuscaloosa. It's probably mostly that. (laughs) But I like mine better. Well, yours sounds, again, uh, you know, here's the callback. Yours sounds more intellectually accurate. Cognitively speaking, I'm correct. <laughs> but you, Which, sir, are technically correct, and that is what matters. Oh, well, thank you. And and that is, amongst other things, a fine segue for our next sports segment. Oh, Lord. Speaking oh. specifically of the effects of technicality and reality, I don't even... I, Tom, this this is you in 25 years, man. This is terrible. <laughs> All right. So let's let's uh wow. Where are, are you we? okay? Are you still lamenting your bracket? Is that what's going on? I am on a over little there? bit, yeah. I'm a little Oh my god, we have a show to do, Tom. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. I found what we're talking about here. Um oh, was so my segue minorly, too direct? I'm no, sorry. your segue was fine. Your segue was fine. You caught me with my figurative pants down. <laughs> <laughs> With your sad pants on? Yes, yes. I was I was too busy taking off my big girl panties and putting on my crybaby <laughs> ones. My crybaby panties. They were I had to put those on. I'm sorry. It's but, okay. I got a show to do. You want to come with me? It's fine. Nah, I'll just keep rolling and go cry. You handle this. <laughs> oh god, we're doomed. <laughs> There's only gonna be one set of footprints in the sand this week, Rick. Jesus. Okay, we've officially moved into levels of sadness that I don't want to be a part of. Oh, come on, that was great. No, I'm not saying it wasn't. It's still tragedy. (laughs) Anyway, Minor League Baseball is going to start experimenting with a way to speed up extra inning games and make them more exciting. I'm can sorry. you can you hear can you detect the sarcasm in my voice? Was I too subtle? Am I not laying it on thick enough? I so just continue with the story and I'll I'll say my piece. When a game goes to extra innings in the minor leagues this year, after the ninth, they're going to put a, a runner on second base automatically. Right. To begin the inning. So that people have a better chance at scoring runs and ending it. And I mean ending it in all of the senses of ending it. Let me tell you, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Just stop this. No, no. 
Because that is bad enough, but that is not even... <laughs> there are people losing their fucking minds over this for more reasons than just a big change like this. The biggest question now, Tom, is the fact that the runner on second will be credited by reaching base by an error, but the error will not be scored and thus, the scorekeepers, which is, if you ever go to a baseball game, the only thing that you could do in the stands without getting drunk is to keep score. <laughs> yeah, but it's also, I mean, there's an official scorekeeper, too, that must keep track of these things. That guy is going to be dead they... any day now. Like, <laughs> honestly, he's going to die any minute. I promise. Like, they count everything in baseball, and they're basically, what they're trying to get at here is because the, the runner... It didn't reach by a hit or a walk. They're not going to charge it to the pitcher as an earned run, which makes sense because it would not be an earned run. You were handed this base runner. You did not earn it. However, instead of simply saying any, any run, if that runner scores, it just counts as an unearned run. They have to go out of their way to say it will be scored as if the runner reached on error. The problem is an error is defined as a stat charged against a fielder. But there will be no fielder making an error. So what in the actual fuck are they going to do about this? Like, they're not going to... They don't know how to score this now. They, there's no... Like, they've done this similar thing in the World Baseball Classic, but they didn't go so far as to use this stupid language to <laughs> explain it, which actually muddles things for scorekeepers. Where do we begin, Rick? Well, if, if I, I think I can do this, I think I got this. Okay. We begin, Tom, with the fact that, as you know, I spent the majority of my youth as a member or a fan of minor league baseball. Oh, have you? You haven't mentioned that in the last 40 minutes. Sorry. I was going to, it hasn't been mentioned on this episode, but you can go fuck yourself for that sentence. <laughs> Continue. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> As a fan of minor league baseball, I can tell you that the 88 people left in the crowd when the game goes into extra innings could not give any fuck whatsoever that there's a guy on second, that somebody called out Ghost Man on second between innings, okay? <laughs> you mean they don't they don't they won't care about this rule change? In other words, they're fine no matter what, or you're saying that this rule change is meaningless to them because the people who care about extra inning minor league baseball just want to see baseball and could not care less about how long it takes. Both would be literally the, uh, the yes. Yes. The answer to both of those questions is yes. No one is there because they're interested in seeing the finer detail of minutia of minor league baseball. God help you in a minor league stadium, by the way, if the game goes to extra innings, because the <laughs> 280 people that were there at the start will just leave. So and I've been part of I was a bat boy when I was like 12 or 11 or 10. Very oh, man, young. Were you? You've never talked about that let, before. Let me let me finish this specific story. <laughs> you two faced shithead. Now. When I, I was of a, a bad game boy. to make this fun for me. Go I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to eat your dog and I'm going to make you watch. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Let it, let it be known. 
Okay. Oh. As I am bat boying this game, it goes into extra innings, but extra innings is defined as the 10th, the 11th, those innings, right? Right, Tom? Yes, anything after the 9th. Right. This game, I swear to you, went to about the 16th or 17th inning. Ugh. It got so deep that I was constantly ferrying out more baseballs, and there was concern, honest-to-God concern, that we were going to run out of balls. Oh, God. That's how deep into the game it got. Only now, aside from my aside from my dad being, you know, forced to stay in the crowd because I'm there and underage and probably shouldn't have been a bat boy, but whatever. <laughs> I want you to take a swing at how many humans unrelated to the stadium were left <laughs> in that crowd. Oh, so people not there for work, like not right. required to be there. I'm going to say again, you could add as my dad, of course. Yeah, one of those. I'm going to say at uh, 25. That would have been very favorable. <laughs> <laughs> wow, not even two dozen people left? I'm pretty sure the number by the time the game was over was in the ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Was this a weeknight game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's why. Was. Yeah, that okay, that's part of the reason. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to a weeknight baseball game to start with. No one wants to go into the 17th inning, period, the end of it. I don't like the better thing to me. And what do you think of this? Instead of having ghost man on second, why don't we just say that after uh, 10, 11, 12, after the 12th inning, the game is just suspended and it's replayed. And the next time the two play, the two teams mate. No, 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 no. Why? Why not? That's what, a logistic, like, honestly, that's a logistical get? nightmare because what happens if the teams are, aren't playing each other again that season, then what do you do? It's minor league baseball. No fucks will be given. That's not true. I mean, they still have championships in minor league baseball. It's minor league baseball, Tom. No fucks will be given. No, I think I think you're, you're I think you're creating you're creating you're just kicking the can down the road. Like, you're goddamn right, because that's all this matters. Is it? <laughs> it's my it's a league in some cases, Tom. <laughs> Look, I'm like fine if they want to put this 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 guy on second base thing to try and speed up minor league games because. Nobody really wants to be there. Um, fine. I, I don't care. Do that. I, they want to do it in Major League Baseball to speed it up. Uh, you're going to have a lot of old guys having strokes over this, but fine. Oh, well. Stay open. Darn. Yeah, stay open, I guess. But this whole thing with the scorebook, like, why? Why did you even have to explain it? Just you hurt yourself by explaining it, which is what baseball always does. We're trying to have some transparency, Tom. No, no, you're not. You're you're overthinking it. <laughs> because how many people care, Tom? Yeah, for the sake of the blue hairs. That's why. <laughs> they're, not, they're dead. Those people are dead. <laughs> All right, if the blue lips. Alive, then they're, they're the blue they're lips. Dead. They're the blue lips, then, not the blue <laughs> hairs. But anyway, anyway you slice it, you're doing this to appease the old farts who are the guys who go to minor league games and talk about how great Christy Mathewson was and <laughs> how hard Walter Johnson could throw and how they once saw Babe Ruth. Period. That's the period. End of the yes. They once saw Babe Ruth. That's it. <laughs> That's really it. That's really it. Like, or, or how Ty Cobb wanted to get into a fist fight with them after the game because they called him a name from the stands <laughs> and they were only 10. Like, that's 
that's what these guys like to talk about. And that's the guys who go to these minor league games who are going to be like, well, how do we score this runner that's on second base if he scores? How do we write it down? Because I have files. I have files <laughs> of every scorebook from every game that I've been to since 1912. So I had to throw a lot of my dad's old scorebooks out <laughs> a few years ago. Does he know? Oh yeah, no, it was just, they just piled did he, up. Did just... he shudder? Did he shudder like Obi Wan Kenobi when Alderaan blew up? <laughs> no, it was it was more along the lines of, oh damn, I do still have these. Things. <laughs> okay, well that's good. He's a healthy person then. Uh, ish. <laughs> I just just take the compliment and move on. <laughs> We don't. We really don't need to drill down any deeper into this, because <laughs> it's only going to come out badly for you. For me or for my old man? Well, I think everyone involved, really. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so minor league baseball is trying to stay open. I will admit this is a more uh, dynamic and potentially effective thing to do than what Major League Baseball has done to speed up their games. Dick. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there's that. They got that going for them. <laughs> but the not dick technique. Yes. Yes. We're going to do. We're going to do something instead of nothing. We're going to do something. And not not something in quotes, but actual something. An actual thing. Yes. We're going to do an actual thing. An actual thing. Okay, have we have we lamented enough? I like the fact that our show isn't really about sports; it's about hating sports. <laughs> it's about it's about hating everything. <laughs> it's it's you know we're at the point now where this is a podcast done by people who don't want to do it. Like, oh, come it's, on! It's Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Like we're trapped on this satellite. We can't control. The horrible horribleness that happens in sports of the geek world, and we are forced to talk about it. <laughs> because if we don't, we will explode or do something <laughs> horribly, horribly violent. Okay. Well, I mean, a lot of what you're saying is true, and exactly. I, I, I would like to argue it. <laughs> exactly. Like we we do this show because it's cheaper than therapy. That's really what Ooh, it is. That is a very fair statement. <laughs> The fact the fact that people hear it is is uh ancillary in many well, many ways. And, and ancillary is always a great way to describe anything as we get into the geek stuff nerd stuff portion oh, of the show. Yes, because if there is anything of less consequence than this stuff, I don't know. But <laughs> but we're going to talk about it. It does. It. it absolutely does. It matters to us. And it certainly matters to the thirteen-year-old trapped inside of us. So we're we're gonna we're gonna talk Just about inside, it. Just inside, not in the basement. Hey, hey, hey! I don't have a basement. <laughs> that would be all that's stopping it, though. <laughs> I, I take umbrage with that, sir. <clears throat> anyway, we'll move on to geek stuff, nerd stuff, and. Guess what, Rick? DC's announced another movie because that's what we do now at Warner Brothers. We just announce DC movies and see what people say. And that's how we you know, decide what to make. You know what would have been a really good idea, Tom? What, Rick? So this is crazy, all right? But hear me out, okay? Okay. 
what if instead of just firing off announcements like a crazed man sitting on a toilet <laughs> tweeting about things to make sure people know that he's really serious about them. I just got a visual of Unicron with diarrhea. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't Unicron that I was thinking it's of specifically. Idea, but... It's idea diarrhea. Like, it's just Unicron. just like, oh, man, like I had bad sushi for lunch. We're going to just we're just gonna <laughs> fart out six more DC movies. But instead of doing that, yeah. um, wouldn't it make more sense to, uh, again, crazy, have like an event <laughs> okay and in this event you call it i don't know something dumb like the dc cinematic universe update sounds dumb right yeah it's pretty dumb already yeah 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 and in this event you tell everybody on god's creation that it's gonna happen and you're gonna broadcast it for free and if you happen to be in the area where it's going down you could come you know, get tickets or something to it and, and sit in the audience and watch it. Okay. I hear you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then you announce all of these movies to the crowd that has been jazzed up for a week because they're going to get to see something exclusive. And then the internet is instantly aware of it as well because of jazzing up the crowd and so on and so forth. Right. Right. Okay. Do you like this idea? No, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's terrible. I hate this idea because it requires. It, it, I see two large issues with this idea, and they're very important. Okay. And the first one is that means we actually have to come up with a plan. <laughs> and and I've really been enjoying shitting into my hand and yeah. throwing it at the closest wall. Yes, because if we just throw out these ideas and see. Well, how people react to them, then we can decide whether it's worth our money to do them. <laughs> <clears throat> and for the second thing is, our shareholders do not have the internet because they're all 90. <laughs> so how will they ever know what we're about to do and what their money is going to be invested in? <laughs> because we can't tell because really, really, Rick, they are the most important people here. <laughs> They are what matter. <laughs> they are absolutely what matters. We would not even be in the movie business if it were not for our shareholders. The hypothetical movie business, though. The hypothetical movie business, yes. Because, because our shareholders, they buy tickets to these movies. They buy the merchandise. They talk about it on the internet. Oh, wait, they don't have the internet. Um, but <laughs> but they're, you know, they are the whole reason that we exist is them and their money and their pockets, right? That's how this goes. I feel as though that's not correct, but I have no way to verify it. Well, correct or not, that's reality. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so instead of having a plan, uh, DC has now decided to make a new gods movie. That's right. Jack hey. Kirby's fourth world, the new gods, dark side and Orion and high father and all of that. It's going to be a movie, and uh, it's going to be directed by Ava DuVernay, who directed uh, Selma and uh, A Wrinkle in Time, which is in theaters now. And Doing business, Doing good business, not Black Panther business, but good business. Not <laughs> doing critically well, but, but it is a thing, and it has Oprah, so it's uh, socially important, I guess. Um... <laughs> But that's, I mean, the, the cool thing is we have an, a female being, that's going to direct a comic book movie. 
That's a well, good a thing. Female director of color, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> you are correct, sir. That that is and that is a good thing. That um, is a good thing. Here's, more inclusion. More inclusion. Yes, more inclusion. That's fantastic. That's all good. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to see this movie. Oh, Thomas, why would you say something like that based in reality? <laughs> well, A, it is not about a recognizable intellectual property to the mainstream, period. End of story. Um, did I say A or did I say one? I think I said A. <laughs> you said A. Okay, so B. Um, B, the uh, flyover states are never, ever going to sit well with a movie called New Gods. <laughs> Not happening. I have no idea what you mean. We're, they're going to have to call it the Orion Chronicles or... A dark side goes Hawaiian or something, but they're not calling it new gods. That's not happening. Uh, and C? Yeah, we'll go with C. The movie's going to be a mess. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Because the Wanted new gods how long you can are wait. kind of a mess. That story is so convoluted and so incestuous and referential and epic and all of those things. It's like, you might as well say you're going to make a movie of the Bible. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to be a dick here, Tom. Why stop now? Yeah. Do you think that this announcement was made specifically because a wrinkle in time is in theaters right now? No, because another, Wrinkle in Time is another studio's movie. You don't think they were piggybacking off of that? No, hell no. I mean, they're piggybacking off of its success being that she is a uh, hot commodity, which is what all directors end up being, but that doesn't... Then, then if I may, <clears throat> yeah. what was last week's Nerd Rage uh, about? Shazam? Uh, no, not no, something else. No. Terminator. It was about it was about somebody being tapped specifically for the Star Wars, uh, new Star Wars stuff. Huh? You don't remember this? Oh, John Favreau. Yes, and people were upset about that because it was another just everyday white man. Oh, I didn't realize people were upset about this. Uh, Twitter was Twitter was very upset because. It showed a lack of interest in, you know, reaching out uh, and diversifying. And yeah, okay. Not, it, it was okay. another white male uh, person. So, so what you're saying is Warner Brothers is trying to get one up on Disney by saying, hey, Disney had another white guy, but uh, we're progressive. I feel as though that that may have been a part of this. Well, then why pick new gods? Why not pick? What else is there, Tom? They could have her take over the Batgirl movie that Joss Whedon just quit. Well, that's a very good point, actually. I didn't think of that. V- valid, valid. Sorry, valid. <laughs> like if that was if that was all this was, okay, you have Joss Whedon quitting the Batgirl movie. He's had all sorts of allegations against him for inappropriate behavior. So let's replace this badly behaving white guy with this woman of color. That that's the bigger PR move if you're doing if you're doing it just for the PR. 
That's a very good point. Um, I didn't think of that. I have to cede that one to you. Well, well done. But also, I think they didn't. They wanted to do it with a movie that, if it failed, they could they could wipe their hands of it. Well, that's the thing. I, that is, that is, and I'll give you that because if they say, "Man, we're not making this new Gods movie," no one will care. Right. But if you know, if they attach her to, to Bad Girl, it, it it probably had better be all points going forward. Yeah. Yeah, the, like it's like, oh, oh, yeah, we better make the Batgirl movie now because <laughs> we're going to get in trouble that. for screwing her out of a, a superhero movie if we, uh, you know, if we, if we don't. <laughs> Whereas if we don't make <laughs> New Gods, we can easily say, uh, well, New Gods is just not viable. <laughs> it's it, the IP just uh, it's not working. No, it's not. It's not. Well, it is kind of neat in that she's going to direct a superhero movie where the leads are all almost all male. Yeah, I mean, all male in you the know, books, but that well, doesn't mean that the, they don't have to be. They don't have to be in the movie. You're no. right, but it's but look at it this way: like it's not Wonder Woman. True, it's it's the new gods, and uh, but what I'm saying is, it's like all right, the the when you think of the new gods, you think of what Dark Side and Mister Miracle, and you know males. So yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's absolutely. like yeah, we're gonna give a woman. A comic book movie, but not a female comic book movie. It's going to be a male-driven comic book movie. So that's an even bigger step. But yeah, this movie's not going to happen. It's, just, <laughs> it's not. Look, we've already had... They've already botched the whole New Gods thing. By having Steppenwolf in Justice League and mentioning Darkseid, but not even referencing why that's significant. It's Because the dinner bell rang, Tom. I can't. I, I just can't. I have no Exacerbated more. Tom is I, my favorite Tom. <laughs> Exasperated? Yeah, that's what I said. No, you didn't. I said enough of it. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I just... Like, I, Steppenwolf mentions the name Darkseid in Justice League, but if you don't know who Darkseid is, you just think he said the Darkseid. Like, <laughs> like the dark side of the moon or your well, dark side. Well, what you don't know is that it's actually in reference to an upcoming crossover with Star Wars. Uh, Warner Brothers wishes. <laughs> they wish. If they could get that to happen, they would jump all over it because of Star Wars anything is a license to print money. No anyway. argument. No, there isn't. Anyway. So if this new God's movie is not happening. Great for Ava DuVernay if it happens. Uh, great for her that they decided to commit to a female director of color for a big budget comic book movie. That's all fantastic. Um, I hope it works out for her. I don't think it will. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't mean she's never going to get to do one of these, but it, I don't think it's going to be this one. Because I sincerely don't think they're going to make this film. Okay, I'm with you. I'm not arguing. I, yeah. I'm just, I think they're not making it for different reasons, which I, I realize is kind of dumb, but it is what it is. No, <laughs> I, look, look, we can both agree that it's not going to happen. <laughs> Our reasons don't have to be the same. Valid. Uh, so speaking of a movie that is going to happen, the next James Bond movie has a director in what will likely be Daniel Craig's last film as Bond. Danny Boyle is going to direct the next James Bond film. Danny Boyle directed 28 Days Later and Slumdog Millionaire and 
Train spotting. Train spotting. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Danny Boyle is a, a hell of a director, uh, and he's going to do a Bond movie. I, I think this is super cool. I also think it's cool. I think it's going to be interesting to see if he can get his um, mostly character-driven um, uh, uh, set pieces into his movies. I want to see if he goes like crazy left field or if there's just a lot of talking. One thing I'm not concerned about, though, whatsoever, is whether or not this is going to be good. I think it's going to be phenomenal as long as they let Danny Boyle be Danny Boyle. Yeah, I mean, the, the Craig Bond movies have, have all been pretty good. Like yes. there, there has, they haven't really been bad. There haven't been many of them, but they haven't been bad. Um, I think it's great that they're turning to big-time directors for these Bond movies now. Like, Sam Mendes has done the last couple. Uh, Sam Mendes, of course, directed uh, American Beauty. So, obviously, they're, you know, they want directors with a pedigree, which is cool. That's not something they've done in the past, because directors with cachet tend to want things and the studio has kept a very tight fist on the James Bond property, not letting them do too many new exciting things with it. And, um, and let me ask you something. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, excuse me, very okay with that. By the way, I, I always think that Bond should be like very much kept in a certain fashion. Yeah, look, I'm okay. Look, the formula is the formula. Don't mess with the formula too much. But right. they have messed with it a little bit in the Craig movies. Like, you know, they did a sort of a reboot of it with Casino Royale. It was kind of an origin story, in a sense. You have Craig is a more tortured Bond. He's more haunted by the things he's had to do. Um, these movies have had sort of an overarching uh, plot where they've connected to each other, which is different from the other Bond movies. So they are being somewhat experimental with the formula in these last few, which is why I think they've attracted directors like Sam Mendes and now Danny Boyle to do them. Um, but yeah, there's to a certain extent you don't want, look, I mean, there are certain tropes of bond that should always be there. Otherwise it's not a bond movie. It's like a superhero movie. There are certain things in a superhero movie that you want to, to you got to have. To make it a superhero movie. And there are certain things that you don't. Or you can change. Um, what's interesting. Trivia. This is not the first time Danny Boyle has directed Daniel Craig as James Bond. Huh? Danny Boyle directed a short film. The Remember the 2012 London Olympics? Yes. The opening oh, ceremony yes, yes, video no, with Daniel Craig and the Queen. Yeah, I Danny remember Boyle, this whole story. Yeah. Danny Boyle directed that. Ah, oh, that's funny. I do remember that. I very much remember that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people thought it was cool, like you had know, Bond and the Queen, and um, you know, and but that was directed by Danny Boyle, so he has a tiny bit of experience directing Bond. And look, to Seems be honest, like if you're if you're a filmmaker in the UK, like. Getting to do James Bond is like our equivalent of getting to do like a superhero film or a Star Wars film. You know, that's no, like, it's definitely something you want to do. For yeah, sure. it's like, you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of, it's an honor to be asked, you know, because you grow. I mean, there are how many generations that have grown up on those movies now? And especially being something that is wholly British, you know, created by a Brit. It is he is a British secret agent like that's never changed. 
it's something that's theirs, you know, in the same way that Star Wars is America's. I'm with you. Yeah, I got no argument. So yeah, so I good for him. I'm actually, things. I am, I am looking forward to this now. Before it was like, yeah, they're gonna make another Bond, cool. But now I'm like, I really kind of want to see this now <laughs> because it's Danny Boyle. Like, it's Danny Boyle, and he's awesome. <sighs> I'm with you, brother. All right, you got you. You're hitting. You're hitting all the positives. If only you know you hadn't you know blown your load in the tragedy of your. <laughs> <laughs> your your basketballs. Oh, don't worry, Rick. There's more negativity to come. Oh. <laughs> and we'll do that right now because Ready oh. Player One premiered at South by Southwest last week. That is true. That was the thing that happened. And a lot of people really liked it. And a oh, lot of people really hated it. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> it was both. It was really both. Um, but apparently there were a lot of technical problems. There was a big action scene and it blew out the speakers at the theater uh, where they showed what, it. What theater was this? It was in movies? It was in Austin, Texas somewhere. Um, the Paramount Theater in Austin. I, I don't Maybe it's old. I don't know. But yeah, they blew out the speakers. Um, Amazing. It's, it's not important at all that we get this one right, guys. So there were a lot of people, um, a lot of people who are either in the industry or were uh, fans of the property to begin with, uh, really enjoyed the movie. They loved it. Uh, there were a few that didn't. Uh, one of the tweets, the negative tweets said, uh, Ready Player One posits a corporate bigwig who exploits fan culture for profit as its villain. The irony of that is giving me a headache. This is no love letter to pop culture. It is a crass play to nostalgia. I'm genuinely angry that Spielberg is so careless with his own legacy. Slapping in references to Jurassic Park with all the care of a monkey slinging feces. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of things. Well, here's the thing. Uh, there are reports that got a standing ovation at the end of the screening. Nah, I, I think, yeah, that, that means nothing. Um, <laughs> it really does. It means nothing. Uh, I, the theater I was in, people stood up and applauded at the end of Man of Steel. So <laughs> I stood up and applauded at the end of Man of Steel. I, I enjoyed it. It doesn't mean it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think a part of this, uh, comes from people who are unaware of the book. Yes. Yes. I was, I, I was actually, it's funny you say that. Cause I was actually ready to sit here and defend ready player one's book uh, on tonight's agenda. And you, I, I wanted to make sure you were going to mention that. Yeah. Cause that's the thing the the book is about the references it's not like the references are a part of the story. They're not using them to sell the movie. They are the movie. That is what this story is about, is people learning these references to solve the problem of the story. So to say that they're slapping these things like stickers on a wall to, to sully them and just pimp a movie is inaccurate. It just comes from a lack of knowledge of the property. It is also... It is also accurate, though, because that's how they are selling the movie. 
Well, sure they are because it's an attractive thing about the story. Like it right. is, but it is, it is part of the story. It wasn't like this stuff was added in by the studio to simply be, Oh, greatest hits of the eighties. This will get people to see this shitty movie. Like that's uh, not unfortunately the, the movie is going to have to be, the movie's going to have to be really, 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 really good. Yeah. Like it's going to have to, in order to overcome is... that rap. Yes. Yeah. They have a difficult task ahead of them because of this. They, they do. And I think Spielberg knew that going in, which is why he sort of took out a lot of the references to his stuff. Because if he's making a movie where they're referencing a lot of his work, which that it is, they are in the book, they do. Um, it makes him look like he's just doing this to stroke his own ego. It's no win for him. Like, I, I don't know why he even agreed to do it. No, he must have no liked matter- it. I don't know, but yeah, it's, I don't know that it's no win, but it's a tough win. It's a really tough win because it's kind of like, if you make a good movie and then it's like, Hey, Spielberg's back. He made a good adventure story, but for it to be like, Oh my God, Spielberg is really back. Like it's gotta be like ET level and that's not happening. He is unfortunately a victim of his own success in that regard. Yeah. Well, as is as is the case with, you know, the the pop culture of our generation, if you get the if you have the grave misfortune of becoming popular, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's look at shit, look at Star Wars. <laughs> I still haven't seen Last Jedi, but I hear it's quite terrible. <laughs> it's not. That's the problem. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. But you're right. It's that same thing. It's like, oh, I love this thing. But now if it does anything different from what I love, it's terrible. I'm it writing it, it off. It didn't do the thing that I wanted it to do in my right. head. Ergo, it's wrong. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know anything about that being a comic book fan. No. No, sir. <laughs> no. So, yeah, Spielberg's got a tough hill to climb with this movie. I hope it's good. The book's great. Uh, It's going to divide people. But I think a lot of what we're hearing, a lot of the the criticism, like I just mentioned, of the movie comes from a lack of awareness of the property. It's one thing to criticize the movie because the story doesn't make sense or the acting's bad or whatever. But to just say, oh, they're just, you know, co-opting the things that we love to sell a movie is not, it's a sort of a mischaracterization in this particular case. Not always the case. Yeah, no, I, I know. But in the case of this movie, it is. Yeah, you're asking a lot. It Sorry. is. You, I, I am. I understand that. That was when I read this book and I had read that they had optioned it for a movie. I'm like, this may be one of those movies that takes a long, long time to get made. I was not correct about that. It didn't take yeah. that long to get made. But... I'm really surprised for this very reason for this very reason, because it's, it's a tightrope act that you have to walk to where you, these references become a part of the story and not simply trappings. And that's, that I think is the biggest problem about this movie is this movie, this is going to sound dumb, but I believe it. And maybe it isn't dumb, 
Um, this movie would have really benefited from people just explaining what the plot is before the movie debuted. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I had lunch with a friend the other day who uh, has never, didn't even know this was a book beforehand. He's seen the trailers and he's just been kind of like, yeah, okay, it's Spielberg, I'll go see it, but not jazzed about it, whatever. Then I explained what the book's about. And really, all I did was set up the premise. I didn't even tell him, you know, I didn't go through the whole story. I set up the premise. And he was like, oh, that actually sounds really cool. And I can totally see why Spielberg is doing that movie. But without that, and they, they, Lord knows they tried. Those first two trailers, like, they really tried in the voiceover to set it up as best they could. But I don't think they did enough. Well, I'm just saying they just should have straight up spoiled it, like 100% <laughs> as much as possible. Wow, what do you mean? Just tell everybody this is what you – listen, you're going to see lots of references, and that shit's cool, but here's the real point of the movie, okay? <laughs> so every theater should just have a guy before the movie starts. It's just like, hey, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be references along the way. Just pay attention to the things that happen. Uh, for this movie specifically, I think it would have benefited immensely. <laughs> I wonder what Garrett Morris is doing. He used to do the whole translation for the hard of hearing on SNL. Maybe he could be the guy in the theater. <laughs> You're acting like you're stuck up. <laughs> right. Maybe he could be in the theater screaming what the movie's really about to people as they watch it. I'm just saying, like, for the ad campaign, they'd be like, okay, they're references, but here's why they're references. Right. And, like, the ad campaign is just, like, a 75-minute explanation <laughs> of the movie. The ads are 75 minutes. No, 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 no. All of them combined. So you got to go watch <laughs> them sequentially. So you have to watch every single one. <laughs> That's right. That's how you know. That's why you're here, Tom. This is terrible. I think this is a horrible idea. You know what? You're right, but also I kind of make sense, and that's bothering you. I <laughs> listen. The thing that bothers I figured me, it out. The thing that bothers me is I can I can foresee a reality in which this would happen. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. It it troubles you with how accurate is, my descriptions are. Troubling. Troubling is the exact correct word. I am troubled. I am deeply troubled by this. Which is fine, because I am bemused by it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Rick, uh, I have a, a question for you. Oh, all right, 12 inches. Not the question. Oh, sorry. I get carried away. What, what the fuck is Nightwatch? Oh, I have no goddamn idea. <laughs> I was going to ask you this. It's a Marvel thing. It's a Marvel thing. <laughs> That is apparently connected to uh, the Spider-Man universe somehow because it's, Spike Lee is directing a Night Watch movie that is going to be part of Sony's Marvel universe. <laughs> okay. I, I, I genuinely had no idea about this. I swear to God. <laughs> I, do you know what it is? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm no, because I'm reading an article right now about it. <laughs> Nightwatch was introduced in 1993. His alter ego is African-American scientist Dr. Kevin Trench, who saw a costume man die battling terrorists while armed with 
invisibility generating cloaking devices. Uh, Trench later learns that the corpse is an older version of himself, so he steals the futuristic suit of armor to figure out how his older self got here, and the armor gives him uh, powers. I can actually get down on that. That sounds like a like a like a sort of a better version of um, uh, Booster Gold. What's his nuts? Yeah, uh, um, Booster. Yeah, absolutely, Booster. Yeah. Um, apparently, in the comics, Spy uh, he's teamed up with Spider-Man, Captain America, Deathlock. I figured since he sounded so much like Nighthawk, and uh, he is as obscure as Moon Knight, that you might have known who he was. And and that's a pretty valid point, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Nightwatch uh, is going to be a thing if Sony ever gets around to making more than just this Venom movie. Because okay. they sure have plans to make more Marvel movies at Sony. But uh, so I, I got an idea for Sony. Yeah, okay. Uh, how about instead of just releasing these statements? <laughs> I know where this is going. Oh, do you? I do. I do. Go ahead. Uh, no, it's just, it's literally the same shtick from five minutes ago. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. So we have a little bit more uh, news to discuss as we roll into the last segment of the show here. And uh, I, sad if you're a child of the 80s, uh, Toys R Us is closing all of its stores. Yeah. That is unfortunate, but also, uh, you know, in, unless you weren't really paying attention, you, you could have seen this one coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you absolutely could have. Uh, it's just the unfortunate fate of the brick and mortar chain in the age of Amazon and eBay and all these other digital outlets. Uh, and also, um, if I could be petty for just a moment and really, why else do we have a show? True. Um, I was a uh, I was a KB kid and a Babbage's kid, oh, so God. I never got to go to Toys R Us. So everyone who's sad about it, they can eat a lemon. <laughs> See, I always didn't like KB because they were way more expensive than everyone else. <laughs> well, KB was in my mall. Yeah, KB was in my mall too. Yeah. Well, my dad refused to go to um, uh, uh, Toys R Us. Uh, Thank you. Good Lord. I can't read it right. Um, but yeah, my dad just wouldn't go to Toys R Us. So we would, because he's like, why do we need to go to Toys R Us? We've got a KB Toys right here in the mall. If you want something, let's go to the mall. Fair <laughs> argument. <laughs> and also because if we went to the mall, there was more than just a toy store for my old man. Right. I understand. Right. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I see. When I was young, the closest Toys R Us was like a half an hour away. So it was a treat. Like after Christmas, we had some Christmas money. Mom would take us on a trip like the Toys R Us one day and we would go down and, you know, get to like explore. Then they built one close by right next to our mall, actually. And then yeah. it became like, oh, this is where we're going to go because it's less expensive than KB. Um, or it would be like, oh, well, Target and Walmart don't have something. Let's go to Toys R Us. Um, well, I mean, but I, you, know it's, you know, it's, what I was going to say is what's taken me off about all this, honestly, uh -huh. is, um, a lot of what I feel are crocodile tears are happening right now. Oh, of course. Anytime something like this happens, you get that. It's it's bugging me. It's genuinely bugging me. Yeah, like, I, I, got I noticed. Friends that work yeah. at, at Toys R Us that are that are losing their job. Yeah, that's and I awful. Got people, oh, how could this happen? 
Yeah, and meantime, the people who are crying, how could this happen? If they had been to a Toys R Us and bought anything from there in the last 10 years, this wouldn't be happening. Right. Like, it's happening because you fuckers stopped shopping there. Like, that's what happened. You decided, rightfully in some cases, that it was easier to get something online or buy your toys while you were getting groceries and everything else at Target or Walmart or wherever. That's what happened. Toys R Us that, didn't that is... evolve into the 21st century and figure out how to do the digital thing or the delivery thing or any of that. And unfortunately, the toy store is now gone. That's it. They were the last of the toy chains, and that's it. There are no more specialty toy stores, like unless it's a tiny mom and pop thing. So, so what do you feel about all this, Tom? I feel terrible that that's happening. That's a part of our culture that was a significant part of, of our childhoods uh, and people before that even, you know, our parents to an extent as well, uh, that's gone. It's just, it's, and it's not coming back. It's going the way of the, I don't know, the, the malt shop or even in some cases the shopping mall. Yeah, I was going to say the, the, the mall. <laughs> yeah, like the shopping mall is dying as well for many of the same reasons. It's sad, but I'm not going to pretend that I didn't have something to do with it because I haven't bought something at Toys R Us. I bought stuff at Babies R Us. I guess that counts since I had a kid. But before that, I hadn't bought anything at Toys R Us in, I don't know, five, seven years. So I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the reason they're going away. Is it? Is it you? Or is it the fact that this is another company that just honestly couldn't keep up with the direction of the universe? Well, I think I think it's both. I think it's both. I think I think people it's like <laughs> I think people don't quite realize the effect that their need for convenience has on other things sometimes. Like, yes, it's more convenient to buy stuff online, but it also hurts brick and mortar businesses or it hurts when you go buy something from a chain that hurts maybe the mom and pop store that does the same thing in your neighborhood. And I, some people care about that and some people don't. And some people probably aren't even aware that that is the effect of what, of their choices when they go make a decision like that. Um, it's also partly Toys R Us's fault because it didn't evolve to meet consumer needs. Um, but you know, it's, it's the, the comic shop is the same thing. Everyone that buys a trade paperback at a bookstore and there are fewer and fewer of those now, uh, or buys it online, uh, is hurting their local comic shop. It's exactly the same thing. Um, and, and it's something and that we I, don't often consider. That, just on that though. And, uh, this is obviously very biased, but it's, it's still kind of true. The difference between uh, Toys R Us and your local comic shop to me anyway, I feel that the local comic shop has attempted to move forward with the times. They're, they're, they're trying. If, they're trying. Right. Some, some are trying. You know, they're off, some are offering online sales. Uh, they're becoming more and more uh, digital. So, yeah, some are trying. The, the owners of, the, of many local comic shops are doing their best to evolve. It's harder to do when you're a smaller business. Toys R Us was a massive chain. They still are. They have over 800 stores. Yeah. Uh, they had the money 
and the infrastructure to probably to do this, to make this change. And they didn't. So now the toy store is dead. Yeah. But you know, their CEOs are getting a $13 million bonus. Before of course they, close. they are. Of course. They that was are. cool. That was sweet. Isn't that great? Good for them. They Good earned for, it. Yeah. They certainly are going to need the money now. <laughs> Unlike all of their hundreds of yeah. employees. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay, Rick. Now I have another question. All right, Tom. I might have another answer. Okay. What's pissing you off this week? Pollen! <laughs> Jesus Christ. If so Chris were I here, he'd that, say um, the same thing, I think. What's that? I said if Chris were here, he would say the same thing, I think. I know that um, people in the North have it worse than us right now with these bomb cyclones happening like every two days. Uh-huh. That's really bad, and uh, I, I feel terrible for them. I do. It's awful. Um, on the same token, though, uh, I have not had a good night's sleep in about uh, two weeks uh, because this is what happens. I, I go to work. I come home. I you know do whatever I'm going to do. I go to bed. Sometimes I'll take a melatonin or something to help mellow me out, so I go to sleep because I want a full night's sleep, you know? But invariably, between the hours of 1 and 4 a.m., I will wake up because my throat is, uh, you know, sandpaper, and uh, my spit is uh, actually ripping layers of flesh off the back of my throat when I try to swallow it while in my sleep. Oh, because my throat is completely dry, because only the post-nasal drip is getting from my nose to my stomach these days, Tom. Hmm. And it's because of that goddamn pollen, Tom. And it's making me very upset. Because I, I like sleeping, and I, I like being a, a pretty jovial person. I, I enjoy positive things, and and this pollen is not letting me sleep, and that's making me an asshole, more so than usual. Okay. And Thank I you for am, clarifying. Uh, well, I, 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 nothing if I ain't a scientist. And so <laughs> I am, uh, I am just gobsmacked at why I can't. Just, what is happening, Tom? Why is this happening? Uh, we live in Florida. But I never had these issues. Well, they say your allergies change every like seven years or so. It would seem. So evidently you have allergies now. I do you know it's the pollen and not your cats. I hope it's not your cats, but well, I'm I'm pretty sure it's the pollen because okay. uh, only in the last two weeks has my car gone from gray to yellow. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> there's a reason for that. Tom. You are correct, sir. I'm not saying there's not a lot of pollen in the air because there is. Um, I'm just, just spitballing here. Um, I would, I would say if you haven't tried it already, try, uh, the over the counter allergy meds. Flonase is a really good one. Well, I, I will say this, um, and this is going to come at great surprise to you specifically. I'm considering something else as a measure to combat these, uh, uh, nasal issues. Okay. I'm so pissed off at the pollen, I'm considering getting a neti pot. <laughs> That's good. It will work. It will it help. Is, it is the tool of the devil, and I do not want to be a part of it, it's but I don't think I have much choice. It's not the tool of the devil. <laughs> neti pots look weird, and it's going to be like giving myself a waterboarding. Oh, it's, it is. It. it is both of those things. But it is not the tool of the devil. And they make uh, battery-operated ones that you don't have to pour in your nose. You just put your nose up to them, and they do it for you. 
So that's a way around it if you want. This all sounds terrible. It's anyway. not fun. But I would I would say that the medication also works. <laughs> it's the easier way. But I yeah, I, I am like the eye rubbing champ. I'm learning how to like participate in uh, work events with my eyes closed now. It's just it's it's an illuminating situation to um to have this experience and I I absolutely hate it. Yeah. Tom, I I don't blame you. I am not I'm I'm fortunate in that I'm not so afflicted, but I'm related to many people who are. So I understand your pain. So Tom then. Yes, Rick. What's pissing you off? Uh I have a couple of things. Oh, but... let me let me get in my Tom has a couple of things chair. <laughs> no. It no, cuz we're distinctly like my bed. Yeah, no, we're short on time, so I'll stick to one. And I'll bank this other stuff for next week. <laughs> Throw this stuff in the hate tank. <laughs> My hate tank's been getting kind of full lately. But I'm going to go with multiple bracket guy. Yes, I love multiple bracket guy. He's such a jackass. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy right in his fucking ear. Okay, multiple bracket guy is ridiculous. That's these people you get into these March Madness pools with and they fill out two and three and four, sometimes five different brackets. Because why? Because they want to win the money. That's why. And they don't care if they have to pay five dollars each bracket or whatever it is. They <laughs> still do it. Investment. It's not, though. It's not. And what the hell? Do, what, what are you doing? You're supposed to pick who you think is going to win. That's one bracket's worth of stuff. <laughs> you know, these other five are just what? You playing experiments? Oh, I'm going to do all underdogs over here and over here. I'm going to pick the opposite of what I picked on the one I actually do. And I think, no, that's not the point. That is not the point. I, in, in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something I swore I would never do, which is quote Mike and Mike in the morning, which is gone. Oh, my God. Well, that show's over anyway. So yes. Yeah, okay. The sheet of integrity. One bracket. That's it. That should be the rule. One person, one bracket. You pick who you think is going to win and you roll with that and don't fill out five just because you think you're going to play the odds. That's like betting on six different teams to win the World Series. What's the matter with you? What well, is wrong do, with you? People do bet on six different teams and to win the World those Series. those people are degenerates. <laughs> They're not fans. They're degenerate gamblers. And that's it. It's against the... It's not against the letter of the law, but it's against the spirit of the law, damn it. It's not fair, and it's also not fair, because these jackanapes are beating me in the fucking pool. Right <laughs> there it is. There's the truth. You hang out long enough, you get to the core <laughs> issues. Sheet of integrity. Okay. You're wrong about this one. No, I'm okay. not. I am not wrong. How am I wrong? How am I wrong? Be because, uh, well, here, let me preface. I think... You're you you're multiple many... bracket guy, aren't you? I've done this many times. But That's why point. you're defending this. Uh, just listen to me before you, you know, get off your high stool and we'll talk about it, all right? <clears throat> Go ahead. I do not make claim of being a multiple bracket guy. Sometimes I'm just bored and I want to, you know, try and think of different possible outcomes. And I, you know, I, it's like experimenting or eh, that would be cool or that would be cool. 
I don't go above and beyond. And uh, the only time I've ever multi-bracketed and it mattered, I didn't go on a, a great detail about it because I felt bad. Yeah, like my you fifth should. bracket is the one that worked. I was like, oh, well, how about that? You I should. think, Tom, you you're mad at you're mad at bracket guy who is, uh, you know, proud of being so bad at picking. I think that's where your problem really is. No, what my problem is. Yeah. Like people who just flaunt the fact that they've got five brackets. Like the, one of the guys running the pool I'm in has four brackets and he's calling the them. Yeah. And he's calling them. That's the thing. They're in the same pool. So there's like 16 he, brackets in the pool. Four of them are this guy's. There's another guy. Six, with, yeah. He paid. He paid. I uh, hope theoretically he paid for four of them. Five dollars right. a bracket. No, that's not right. Cause it's one well, guy. It's one. That's ridiculous. You pick who you think is going to win. That's the point of the game. It is not. The point is not to ah, spread your chips all over the place. So, so you win like what that makes no sense to me. So, so you're talking about something entirely different in this situation. This guy's just gaming the system. Yes. Can, that's what I'm talking I, about. I have a very angry story about gaming the system from this week, too, that I'm not going to bore you with just now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean. If you enter multiple brackets in the same pool, you are an asshole. You are a bad person, and you should feel bad. That's how that is. If you do multiple pools, whatever, I, I don't care. Fill out a bracket for every pool you can get in. I don't care what you do. But multiple brackets in the same pool is ridiculous. That is a very specific thing, Tom. <laughs> No, it's not. A lot of people do it. I've seen it happen I, over and over and over again. It's ridiculous. I was not aware that this is a uh, a problem in in many cultures. That's that's news. That's news. Yeah, no, it is an issue. It's a very very terrible issue. It's a scourge on our national agenda. Uh huh. It is. You sure about that last part? That last word is not the right word. It's a scourge. <laughs> a scourge on our national culture. There we go. Uh-huh. I think you lost yourself towards the end of the No, it's a terrible, terrible epidemic. It's an insidious disease. It is a social a social malady. Okay. Okay. All right. I wish I'd You're crazy, but okay, sure. 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 Not crazy. We're on a mission to civilize here. I'm worried that you're going to have to be part of the mission now. <laughs> no. We're going to civilize people, whether they want it or not. Go ahead. This is, this is healthy. Tom, I... The I civilizing, like the Shazam movie, is happening, whether you want it to or not. I, oh, God. All right, I have another question for you. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, uh, wh what did you learn this week, Tom? <laughs> I learned that, uh, and, and, and last week I talked about how I learned I'm getting older, right? Yes. Well, I found another sign of that that I learned this week. And maybe you can relate, maybe you can't, I don't know. <sighs> Have you ever been in the grocery store and, you know, they, they play the music in the store. And the okay. music comes on and you're like, oh, I like this song. And then they play another song and you're like, oh, I really like this song too. And then they play like three or four or five songs in a row. And you're like, oh man, I really like all these songs. They're all on my iPod. That's how you know you're old. You own all of the grocery store music. 
The stuff you like is now being played in the grocery store or the elevator or the lobby or the dentist's office or wherever. The stuff you like is no longer cutting edge. It is now the inoffensive stuff they play so as not to offend people while they're buying their fucking Cheerios. That's how you know you're old. And yes, I am including in that five song stretch of things I liked things by John Mellencamp and also the Bobby Brown song from Ghostbusters 2. Okay. Learning a lot about you this week, Tom. Learning a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, most of it bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or or at the very least troubling. <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Rick. What did you learn this week? Tom, I I, I, I hate to bring us down again. I, I know I, I've been doing this a lot and it's a sad story, but it's something that I learned. I'm just kidding. I learned that I look great in a kilt. Seen the pictures, beg to differ. You can beg to differ all you want, sir. I look fantastic. And I learned a bonus lesson of what you wear under a kilt. <laughs> yeah, nothing, right? That is right. That, that is, is right. That is terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. You- How sweaty were you in this Florida heat? <laughs> Thankfully, uh, it was on right on the ocean on in St. Augustine, right on the right on the. How much powder so it, did you have to use on your balls, sir? Well, I'll have you know that it was it was a one-time pass, which is more than reasonable. <laughs> but it was a considerable amount in that one time, wasn't it? It was a full handful. That is all anyone <laughs> ever guys, could ask for. Were you guys in the room? All the groomsmen just passing around the bottom of fucking talc, just like. What makes you think I was a groomsman? <laughs> Oh, I don't know, because everybody else was wearing kilts. I don't know. <laughs> the groomsmen were, but I was not a groomsman. Oh, that's I was... terrible. <laughs> I, was, I was requested. As part of the wedding party, the men were requested to wear kilts. Yeah, so you were in the wedding party. Well, I suppose, but I wasn't a groomsman. I was just there. Um, what do you mean? That's what you are. If you're not the best man and you're a guy in the wedding party, you're a oh, groomsman. No, no, I, no I, was, I, was, I was just a guy who wanted to wear a kilt. Oh, so you were not part of the wedding party at all, and they didn't ask you to wear a kilt. You asked if you could wear a kilt. It was requested that the men at the event wear oh, a kilt. So they wanted all the men in attendance to wear kilts. Yes. Okay. Okay. You just didn't like just go rogue and say they're wearing kilts, but I'm going to do it too. I wouldn't do that. I okay. would only do that. If I would requested, hope not. And it was requested, and I felt great. I would hope you wouldn't do that, but if it was requested, I, I can understand that. It's like wearing a yarmulke to a Jewish wedding, even if you're not Jewish. I get it. It's actually entirely different, Tom. But you How? Know, you, you... How is it entirely different? If the if they ask you to do it. <laughs> well, what what is requested in reference to God? <laughs> I said reasons. That's, <laughs> we're not talking about motivations. So, so in your world, <laughs> look, if I'm not Jewish, okay, and I'm going uh-huh. to a wedding in a synagogue and they say we would like all the men to wear yarmulkes. Yes, I will do it. Why? That, I don't wear one normally. I don't believe the things that they believe. So I don't believe that the yarmulke is in reference to God. It is. I'm doing this because the people hosting this event have asked me to wear this. So it's the same find, motivation you as you wearing a kilt. Thing wrong with if what you're saying right now. No. Okay. No, it is out of respect for what they want. That's it's it's the same thing. 
I'm interested. I, I also find it interesting that you're using the term they a whole lot. They as in the hosts of said event, not they as in God's chosen people. Okay. <laughs> Just hearing a lot of they's. <laughs> you know. A lot of those I'm people, not, Tom. I'm not going to let you make me out to be an anti-Semite, sir. <laughs> When have I ever allowed you? <laughs> Every other show. Every other show you try and do this to me. I, I no. Never, Tom. This is this is news. We should talk about this off yeah, the air. Uh-huh. I am yeah. I am I am stunned that you would uh-huh. think such terrible things. I will tell you, sir, I've been watching a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm lately. And you are yeah. doing the Larry David thing. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's an anti-Semite. <laughs> That's everything, right? <laughs> You're not supposed to learn this. <laughs> You're not supposed to just know. Yeah, I figured it out. Takes a lot of takes a lot of the sting out. <laughs> Fair enough. <sighs> All right, Tom. How do people get a hold of us? Oh, and well. God knows why they'd want to. <laughs> yeah, they hopefully have a lot of reasons this week. Um, <laughs> They can email Are you us. Are an anti-Semite as well? Oh, God. <laughs> Tom would like to talk. He holds a meeting. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> those meetings. We trade baseball cards at those meetings, okay? <laughs> a lot of Ty Cobb going between you two guys. So. <laughs> so. Look, no one owns a Sandy Koufax. I'm sorry. <laughs> Coincidence. I, I wanted to see where you were going with no one owns, and I wondered what player you were going to say. <laughs> and I really wanted it to be one of an African American descent. Why would so I do that? So that I could start doing like a, a curly <laughs> shuffle on the floor. <laughs> one of these weeks, I think Chris and I are going to team up and just try and do all of your trigger words in one show. <laughs> Just see what happens. It's gonna. I'm just gonna end up like causing something like Winter Soldier esque out of me. <laughs> it. Will it will? You will turn into the Winter Social Justice Warrior. <laughs> it's not bad. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you can email us those two jerks at gmail dot com. <clears throat> you can join us on our Facebook page. Uh, you'll keep up with all the latest show things and news and like the page so that you can get that in your news feed. Those uh, Facebook.com slash those two jerks. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail, 321-76-JERKS. Chances are we'll play it on the show, unless you tell us you don't want to. But if you have an opinion or a question or you just want to rant, eh, call us, leave a message. Rick, how can they find us on the Twitter? On the Twitter, you want to find us at those two jerks. Please make sure you spell out T-W-O, and you too can take part in what has been a very hilarious uh, Jim Bayheim meme uh, gif explosion in the last two days. A Jim Bayheim meme explosion? Yes! That would be a good name for a punk band. The Jim Bayheim meme explosion? Yeah. Should be the Jim Bayheim meme experience. But th- if you want to talk about that, you're welcome to join us as well. Uh, and again, that's Facebook do- or uh, Twitter. Twitter, add to those two jerks. Sorry, I got ahead of ourselves there. You can also, if you want to get some really cool Those Two Jerks uh, logo merchandise, go to tpublic.com 
uh, and search those two jerks. You can get our awesome logo on a t-shirt, a mug, uh, pretty much anything you want. Cell phone cases, all kinds of things. Just go to tpublic.com, T-E-E-Public.com, and search those two jerks. Remember, in all cases, anytime you use the name of our show, spell out the word T-W-O. That's all for this time for the Sussman, Rick Sussman, and the Vu absent, Chris Vu, who <laughs> we'll hopefully see next week. I am the Tom Alexander, and until... Alabama fan stops being butthurt over UCF's national championship. You will remain those two jerks. See you next time. <laughs>